2: Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad. We're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Who'd have thought it? Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on? Don't throw me with an extra line in there about who'd
3: have thought <laughs> yeah. it. It's very early in the morning for me. It's very late in the evening for you. I can't believe that. I mean, I was expecting just your normal boilerplate, classy, classic introduction uh, for the Abrogi Band podcast, and, and you thrown me curveballs first thing in the morning. What, what are you
2: playing at, Chris? What, what, who's got to you? Not just that, but I've changed the angle, if you're watching on YouTube, of the camera, so it's <laughs> oh. extra disconcerting. We're now in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we're, now, we're now in the studio <laughs> toilet. It's very, very
3: reverberant. Oy Fun oy fact,
2: oy. this this studio has two toilets. Uh, it's got male what? and female toilets there so <laughs> two toilets We need a
3: modernized sunshine we need a third <laughs> option no accessible toilet just guys and boys <laughs>
2: <laughs> i it's kind of like i because i'm like the only one in the studio most of the time i can mm. go between both I can choose whatever or toilet you, could, I want. you could start you could start
3: a toilet in one nip it in the bud so to speak and just sort of waddle <laughs> over to the other toilet and finish it in the second one That's the man, the man the Pete like
2: dream <laughs> it certainly is Pete donaldson dream My God, Pete. (laughs) But uh, I've just got back from a ski trip to Niseko, which uh, is in Hokkaido. Wow. Lovely stuff. Honestly, such a beautiful resort. Very snowy. They say it's got the best, Mm. most superb
3: powdery
0: snow
2: in the world. And it was good. It was Mm. very good. You've never been, right? Mm.
3: Never been skiing. Um, As discussed on this show, um, I had one skiing lesson planned, uh, but I had my grade one violin uh, exam, (laughs) which I ended up failing
2: anyway. So... uh... What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, no. I, just, oh, I like my. skiing. I only go like once every two years. And then mm. it takes me a few days to remember how to ski. And I mm. went for like two or three days this time. It was nice. But my legs were destroyed by the end of it. I could barely stand up. And uh, I spent the last like three days just in a room recovering, playing Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. Because I'm a gamer now. I play video games now. like everyone else. I'm cool, well, again.
3: I noticed that I've had such a busy week. Everybody on the little um, Abroad Japan Production WhatsApp group seems to be playing Gods of Tsushima. And uh, I just feel incredibly left out. The only time I have to play <laughs> little video games is I've got like a little pocket um, kind <clears throat> of... Um, it's, it's like a crappy little um, Chinese Game Boy um, that, that I've got a few games on and stuff. So I've been bashing through um, Final Fantasy on the PlayStation 1. Um, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's not Ghost rubbish. of Sushima though, is it? Load of rubbish. It's not Ghost of Samurai
2: warlords. It's so good. it's such a <laughs> fucking good game. Honestly, like mm. it's taken me like five years to find a video game that I actually cared about. Like I, I kind of mm. need a good narrative to sink my teeth into, and I don't really like open world stuff anymore. But this mm. is kind of like the best of both worlds. Like it's a nice balance, and it's also like made me appreciate like Japan a bit more. It sounds mm. weird, but like the scenery and like. What the fuck is that? Can you hear that? Is that your fan? <laughs>
3: it, have you started a, a large fan? Are you um, reproducing the nineties TV show, The Crystal Maze?
2: <laughs> I think someone's assembling something somewhere <laughs> in a room. <laughs> this is the best microphone in the world. It should be able to pick up like nothing. Can you can you hear mm. the drill? Can you? Hear I can't that? hear the drill. That-
3: I I could I could I thought I could hear that you'd put the aircon on, um, which sometimes oh. uh, makes it makes a bit of a noise. But the aircon's off. No, I, th- I, th- I, th- I can't hear anything now. So it, it, any noise that could have gone through, uh, the listeners shan- shouldn't be able to uh, hear. But uh, you should
2: tell that naughty man sake. to stop drilling. Trash taste, have to deal with this crap. Anyway, let's dive in then before <laughs> <laughs> somebody starts dis- disassembling the building. Uh, we've got a story this week from Jürgen. Not your, who says, it's not your toilet, is it, Chris? It's <laughs> not the toilet. Oh, it's just so annoying. Is this going to be a problem? You really can't hear it. You really can't hear it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we got a story from Jürgen. He says, Hello, castigated Chris and Pissimus Pete. I'm a law enforcing officer working in Belgium. And ever since I can Ooh. remember, I was fond of Japan and its culture. When I was 22, I visited Japan for the second time and happened to come across a phone while making the streets, uh, while walking the streets of Akihabara. Sorry. Making the streets, he was he <laughs> came with the a hammer and nails, Sound and like he made the streets.
3: Making the streets upstairs, Chris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> with that's definitely on my mind. With no frantic okay. owner in sight uh, of this phone, I sought out the nearest call bomb police box Ooh. where I figured I could make a deposit. As I entered the small station, the lady at the front desk looked at me like Godzilla himself had entered the building. I can't blame her as I'm six foot four. And I weigh over 220 pounds, 110 kilograms. My God. I wanted to simply hand over the phone, but alas, they insisted I should go into a small side room and fill out numerous forms. Mm. I had to write down what my trip was at, what what my trip itinerary was, and where I'd be staying. (laughs) After almost so much effort, (laughs) this is what happens when you give back to society you have to fill out a form. After (laughs) almost an hour, I was finally permitted to leave, and I was questioning whether the whole rigmarole uh, had been worth it. After two weeks thinking I'd become Japan's most wanted, I arrived at my final destination. The lady at the reception asked me if my name was Jürgen, and I hesitated before saying yes, I'm Jürgen. She smiled and handed over a parcel to me. Totally bemused, I said thank you, and backed away from the desk to open my parcel. To my complete surprise, there were all sorts of Japanese treats and candy inside. At the bottom there was a thank you note and it became apparent the parcel was from the owner of the cell phone that I'd found weeks earlier. I couldn't believe that somebody had taken the time to say thank you like this and that there was obviously obviously a very good procedure for not only reuniting lost items with owners but forwarding gifts to the person who had handed the items in. So wait a minute, where was Jürgen staying? Was he like staying at an Airbnb or something? Doesn't really elaborate Hmm. on that, like how they found him unless they, oh, right. It was part of the itinerary. The itinerary. That's pretty smart. Mm, The itinerary. Um, (laughs) Ingenious. Uh, Have you ever experienced anything like this? And have you heard of foreigners joining the Japanese police force? I was wondering if Mm. there's any job opportunities in the sector for someone like me. Love the videos and podcasts. Thanks, guys, Jürgen. What a great guy. Give him back and get in a bag of sweets for his trouble. Isn't that lovely? I I would I would be having to fill in a
3: form to give something back. I would be filling in some junk data at that point, and I never would be in pretty much every hotel in Japan. Um, you have to fill in a form saying like where you've been, what your address is, and stuff. And I every time would fill in Peter Donaldson from Farts Avenue. Fart Town, (laughs) London, every single time, uh, and nobody caught me, Um, so I would never have been reunited, or rather united, uh, with a box of candy, a snack box, a munchie box, uh, because (laughs) I I will have um, filled in whoever lives at Fart Avenue would have got it unfortunately <laughs> probably a real, real location <laughs> it's a real location somewhere I'd lo- I would love to live in Fart Avenue I mean the the people would move in the house prices would be next to nothing because no one would want to live in Fart Avenue oh it would be great Chris it really would <laughs> people still stealing your, your road signs you'd never get any packages oh brilliant
2: to be fair, I've heard of worse named places in the UK. I, well, I've never lost. I don't think I've ever lost anything myself. I'm quite good at not forgetting things. Or if mm. I do forget them, I just leave it behind. I always leave a man behind. My uh, friend Ellen, though, when she was in Kyoto, she left her phone at a coffee shop. When she went back thirty minutes later, not only had they kept the phone, but they wrapped it in a ribbon, sort of gift, like as if they're gifting it back to her. Like here, have this your phone with a little ribbon on. Oh, so it pays. It pays to leave your phone behind. You get a little ribbon. <laughs>
3: and That's amazing. Like what? What? What was the thought process behind that? Like a present. It's your phone back again. Did they clean it? Did they restore the battery to full power?
2: It's almost like rewarding bad behaviour, isn't it? Oh, I forgot my phone. <laughs> Trouble yeah. the staff, but they've given a fancy you a ribbon. Day. I'm yeah. I'm
3: feeling a little bit down about things. I want a fancy day. I'm going to leave my phone in <laughs> um, I don't know a cafe or something.
2: Just crash your car into a yeah. bridge and see where <laughs> gift wrapped your car <laughs> or something worse. Sorry. Yeah, if your car's broken, just like just just smash it into a wall and
3: go and, and then maybe someone will tidy it up. Bang a bit of <laughs> air pressure in it. <laughs> oh
2: my God. Well, one thing that you notice when going into shops in Japan sometimes. Is there's a hmm. big sheet on the wall with lots of very grumpy, angry, scary-looking men on it. Mm. They're always men, and uh, always men. Japan's most wanted. It's it's really kind of it's. They always look really not nice. They always find the worst photos of these people. Probably because they've done <laughs> awful mean, things. They're,
3: they're not great people. I don't think that you never see a model on the run, do you? Um, I would say that like you you, these photographs are. You don't even see this sort of thing in America. You see like it's it's it's. Basically, the 1970s every day in, in in Japan, and these pictures of wanted criminals are pretty. You you can't go like five minutes without seeing one, can you, Chris? It's
2: kind of like Red Dead Redemption. It's like a Wild West scenario, <laughs> like most wanted, reward. But they are yeah. everywhere, and they are lots of scary figures on them. And there's always a few characters you always see on every one. Like I've been here, you know, 12 years, and there's mm. been like a guy on there, several guys he see every single time. They've been on the run for 50 years. And this Mm. week, one of them, who's quite famous, everyone that's seen one of these Most Wanted posters has seen this guy. Uh, One of the guys was caught after 50 years on the run. Pete, tell us Mm. how they caught this guy, how it went down. Well, for 50
3: years, as you said, Chris, Satoshi Kirishima... Uh, was one of Japan's most wanted criminals. A black and white mugshot of him smiling in his youth has been plastered across billboards all over Japan for decades. Now, um, the photograph itself is quite interesting um, because... I wouldn't say he's necessarily smiling, but he's, he definitely looks like he's having a lovely time. Um, and he's got beautiful, sort of horn rimmed, sort of 1970s glasses. He's got beautiful, uh, rich hair. Um, and he, to, to be honest, he looks like a million dollars, to be quite frank. But um, the public. <laughs> Rating uh, criminals with
2: Pete the, the,
3: <laughs> the sexy crims. Um, a black and white mugshot of Satoshi Kirishima um, has obviously been um, plastered around uh, Japan for, for, for decades. Uh, the public was constantly warned that he was part of an extreme organisation that terrorised Tokyo in the 1970s uh, and everyone was urged to come forward with any information that might lead to his arrest uh, but his mysterious disappearance fueled speculation he'd fled the country or may have died. But in reality Satoshi Kurishima, he was hiding in plain sight all along. Uh, last week a man being treated for terminal stomach cancer in a Kawakura hospital uh, made a stunning claim. As he lay on his deathbed he told authorities that I am Japan's most Wanted Man. He is allegedly a <laughs> member of the East Asia Anti-Japan Armed Front, a radical left-wing terrorist group that sought to destroy, destroy capitalist Japanese society. They'll have a job. They've got a job on their hands because they <laughs> bloody love capitalism. Um, two members of the group were sentenced to death, including its founder, Masashi um, Daidoji, Dai Dai Doji, um, who died on death row in 2017. Although not a key member of the group, died. this fella died George died uh, although not a key member of the group uh, this man who is in bed uh, uh, terribly um, uh, sick was uh, one of the only uh, 10 members who was uh, never caught a DNA test has now confirmed that the man who died in the hospital was indeed Satoshi Kirishima and uh, I mean this is like a bloody film um, his, he mm. he is he, he has held the record for being on Japan's most wanted list the longest, smiling mm. in his um, horn-rimmed seventies glasses, and uh, yeah, they they finally located him, and it was basically down to him, on his deathbed, final you know breath as he draws
2: his final breath, going ha ha, I won, aren't I great? <laughs> <laughs> and the reason he did it is for his death certificate because he wanted his actual name on there weirdly no nice. well, it's interesting right. okay, like I how see. how we got away with it he lived in fujisawa just outside of tokyo mm. and uh worked for a construction company and a lot of construction companies in japan just pay cash in hand because right. they do they don't have a lot of workers don't have insurance it's kind of like mm. a lot okay. of folks who can't get a any other job or just turn up to a construction site get some mm. money and go on and do some stuff and i think that's how he pretty much got away with it but um mm. you don't you don't really hear these um Terrorist groups within Japan since the nineties, since Alm did the sarin gas attacks, but uh, they bombed a bomber Mitsubishi Heavy Industries building in like nineteen seventy four killed eight people, mm. and injured three hundred and eighty. Like, yeah, you, you never, you don't really associate Japan with terrorist organizations per se, but uh, it was a different time. It was a different time, but that's crazy. But where's the other nine people, Pete? Where are the other nine members? They got away with it. Probably not. Well, I imagine
3: we'll find out pretty soon. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll hear Building about the this. Sky They'll want, the, they'll want the. Yeah, I wonder how many like buildings in Japan have been built by criminals. I mean, it's a it's it's a, it's a real stick in the eye for anyone that to deal with like a bank and all of the processes that you have to go through just to extract some money out of your own bank account. And this guy can just sort of waddle away from uh, bombing a, a building uh, and <clears> be on the most wanted list just by sort of just just working cash and hand on a building
2: site for uh, for thirty years. It's incredible. Hmm. Um, like we talked about this before, like uh, to Japan's mm. vanishing kind of people, and like a hundred thousand people disappear every single year, and a lot of them like disappear mm. in the night. There's some really good videos on YouTube about it, and I actually know somebody whose relative uh, did this um, just basically disappeared in the night to mm. like outrun some debt and some money owed. Yeah, um, like they have these companies that come in, help you move in the dead of night, like midnight, whatever, and by the morning you're gone, kind of thing. And yeah. it's quite. It's it's a fascinating industry, and then they all run away to Nagoya because Nagoya is just so big, <laughs> and it's all just one big confusing city. But they always seem to end up in Nagoya, or in this case, Kamakura. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 a side of Japan you don't really hear about that often. But it's fascinating, it is. But um, it's a shame they couldn't catch him. It's a shame that he uh, he did get away with it and he got to have the final word, really. Mm. But he, he did die, so.
3: It's not good, is it? it's I mean, it's hard to sort of weigh up a sort of moral kind of judgment there. Well, he did die. I mean, we all die, Chris. We all die very much so. But we uh Yeah. I'm but. not. I'm not. Weigh, I'm not weighing in, no matter what I say in the comments on YouTube. <laughs> they'll be like, "Pete is a Chinese communist sympathizer. Oh God.
2: <laughs> oh God. It's because
3: go. he wants the NHS to work. Oh
2: God. But there you go. Right. Yeah. It's it's fascinating stuff. I wonder if there's like, any private investigative like. Agencies or companies. That oh, this is a space.
3: film! Come on, this is a film. This is going to be it probably out. Probably like, This is going to be out on celluloid in about like six months' time. They're going to rush this out. It's going to be absolutely cracking. What a story! It's like something what's, out of. Um, what's it going to be called? an old, like uh, like an old um, kind of mafia movie or something like that. What's it going to be
2: called? Amazing. What would you What would you title this film? Um, this is your the, expertise. The Bombera Hydra.
3: The Bombera Hydra from Kamakura.
2: Perfect, perfect. And on perfect. that note, my God. <laughs> but there you go, sometimes the people on those scary posters do get caught, but usually if they hand themselves in, did the, honestly.
3: Do they get caught? <laughs> it sounds yeah. like it, it doesn't.
2: <laughs> it's unfortunate. Uh, we're back in <laughs> this moment, guys. We have your stories, comments and questions in The Fax Machine.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by 531 Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply
1: if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow.
2: And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dolson? We've got a message from
3: Axel. Have we heard from an Axel before? Axel Vitzel? I think we might have. Um, hey, Chris and Pete, I've been following the Abro uh, channel for a while now. My favourite video was when you and Pete went to Osaka during your journey across Japan a few years back. I'm an aspiring jet. Alt, who uh, just recently finished their interview. My question to Chris is, what was the one thing you discovered during your time as an alt that you did not discover before getting the position? Love the podcast. Keep it the great work. The both of you. Best, Axel. I mean, this is very much the season for alts, um, getting mm. interviewed, getting callbacks, getting their um, kind of positions sort of firmed up. It's uh, it's It's an exciting time for a
2: lot of people. I think it was 12 years exactly more or less when i had my interview in february in london mm. uh like i and, and then i found that in april that i got it oh, so it was a mm. two month wait and i what the i mean what did i not consider before getting the position I don't know really i How i mean you don't know they were in the town <laughs> well yeah i mean get the time don't forget there wasn't there was nothing it was fuck all no. on, like rural Japan you learnt there was nothing Wikipedia mm. had like a sentence YouTube had like <laughs> somebody getting a sandwich out of a convenience store fridge it was <sighs> shit like and now you can look up anywhere anything yeah. and get like a 4k sloppy video made on it and watch it on YouTube so oh don't be so hard on your time, own content
0: Chris <laughs> 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 and mine
2: is the worst of all but yeah <laughs> I'm I, the I mean, sloppiest I, of all I kind of liked coming into the unknown at the time. I liked arriving Mm. and sort of not knowing what was going to happen. It was terrifying. It was fucking scary as hell, but it was kind of exciting. Whereas now, you know, you know what you're going to get because so many YouTubers have done it and filmed it. But I, I, you know, I didn't know what my apartment was going to be like. I think until like a week before I turned up, and the Mm. prick before me sold all his stuff to me at a really inflated rate. (laughs) <laughs> didn't really give me much choice, which I'll never forget. No. I, I gave it to him, quite... him. What, what did you actually buy then? Well, I bought a mirror that had some weird felt on it. Like the person before me, now it's 12 years, I can talk about it. It was, a, it was, a, mm. he was an absolute end, who'd caused a lot of problems for the school. And I would love to have written about it in the book, but I mm. didn't want to get into legal territory. But he did some really bad shit and and everybody at the school hated him. And right. then he sold me all the stuff in my apartment at a really inflated rate and no yeah he, he just caused a lot of problems and um yeah when i when i left yeah. i think I, just, I didn't I, I don't know if i sold anything i think i just gave it you you to had the a I i remember person. now you had a
3: big fire <laughs> You just you just went out <laughs> into the yard and set fire to the ottoman
2: that you'd bought
3: why did that guy have an ottoman <laughs> just burnt didn't it, need it
2: and but that was what was so interesting going um, back to the apartment last month um, mm. And and seeing it all being there still, like the tables, the mirror, the TV, it's all still there. Blue from when I Is there a blue plaque?
3: It. Chris Broad lives here. It's, it's not. I wish.
2: I wish. I <laughs> wish. Like the UK, when someone famous lives in a house. Yeah. I. <laughs> I. It was. It was surreal. And um, yeah, I. I paid an extortionate amount for the stuff in that apartment, and he threatened to. He basically said, "You can pay for all the stuff in the apartment. Or I'll just chuck or it. up. will pay all. to get right. I'll pay and to it would remove have cost, it." Well, it would have cost him money to fucking chuck it all. It would have mm. cost him money anyway. So I don't know. It was a bit of a prick. Um, Sounds. I've never heard you so animated years about
3: other about... <laughs> people. <laughs> I think you've gone through some difficult experiences over your time in Japan, and this seems uh, this you sit this the fire still burns inside for that
2: extra ten quid that you spent on a chair. (laughs) Well, it's not just that though. I kind of owe him because when I got into the teaching job, and again, I would have loved Mm. to have done a chapter on this. Probably should have. When I arrived, um, that everyone was so nice to me. They treated me like Mm. royalty because they were terrified that I would end up like the guy before me and cause problems (laughs) for everyone. At one time. Um, there was the two teachers like. that worked in my school. There was me and um, mm. uh, Roy. Uh, it's not his real name; it's his middle name. <laughs> Roy, where the- did Roy come <laughs> of all the names? Roy. That's his middle name. That's his middle name. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> Roy, he, the boy. yeah, he was like he. He told me like stories about this guy. Like one time, he went to the guy's desk and the, the, his desk, my desk, was next mm. to Roy's. Whatever. Roy came back mm. and. Um, to see this guy and like, he just left a note saying, I've gone to Hong Kong for a week, bye. And like, (laughs) just randomly disappeared to Hong Kong for like a holiday. He didn't take a holiday leave and he threw like lots of people under a bus for it. And there was just like loads of stories like that. And it was causing loads of stress for the teachers. So when I turned up, everyone was really scared because they kind of felt responsible. They felt like, oh, maybe it was our fault for neglecting this guy that turned him into this wrecked. (laughs) Turned into a Hong Kong wrong (laughs) <laughs> well it wasn't it was just this guy a bit of a dick but yeah, yeah. there's lots of stories there, I kind of didn't put in the book and lots of stories I haven't talked about publicly because
3: there is there is you know. Chris there is something to be said for just doing what you want to do <laughs> I would say to... I, w- I would say like I mean people will see it as um, being sociopathic but then a lot of people just get on by sort of going I've gone to Hong Kong when you coming back, have you booked a holiday? No, I'm I'm going <laughs> to Hong Kong, and if you just absolutely just willfully just, d- like, um, bewilderingly kind of, like, steadfast in your uh, in your vision that you're going to go to Hong Kong. <laughs> like, people sort of have to deal with it. Like, you, you worry, I, I'm a worrier, and I'd worry about, you know, annual leave. Have I left um, people in, in a hole? I really want to go to Hong Kong, etc. cetera. <laughs> um, my heart is in Hong Kong. But, like, pe- people who who um, just get on in life, just sort of go, yeah, I'm, I'm in Hong Kong. I'm, yeah, I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> just go to Hong Kong. Yeah, you on, imagine doing
2: that in the, work, the workplace though, to your colleagues? Like, it's Monday morning, everyone comes in, you've yeah. got a busy fucking week, team effort, where's let's all go, everyone. And it's just, where's Pete? <laughs> oh, he's gone to Hong Kong to eat some dumplings I'll and give fucking you a, I'll give Victoria you a Peak. I'm getting <laughs> fitted for a cool suit in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of fun. But that was, like, the least bad thing that he did. Right. Like The worst right. thing, he... He got reprimanded for sending the school nurse, like, sexy messages, like, you look good in this jacket, and you look good in this top. And she was like, what the fuck is
3: this? Taking a turn. (laughs) Less less good. Less good. Yeah, less good. Maybe you should stay in Hong Kong.
2: It was a litany of shit. Um, (laughs) And then overcharging me was the icing on the cake, to be fair. (laughs) That was the real crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. I think he also punched someone in the face. But anyway, fun times. He sounds like like an absolute live wire. Good God, was, in the worst possible sense. But we've got a story from Jenny. Or well, question. It says, Hello, Chris and Pete. Jenny. I booked my first trip to Japan this October to enjoy the fall leaves, and I couldn't be more excited. My bucket list includes staying at a ryokan in the mountains with a private bath due to having a large tattoo. I'll be travelling solo, and I've seen discussions online about only certain ryokans allowing single stays in rooms. Is there something I need to check? Will I be charged double occupancy, or will they refuse to check me in any advice is appreciated uh, appreciated as the inns are already starting to fill up i wanna secure my spot um all the best jenny i yeah i i think don't worry about it i i don't i've had this issue before like on booking.com it's like minimum two people and i just right. book book it anyway and i've never had an issue i do think yeah i do think there is a culture there of like often you need like two people per room which i think silly um and it did cause some, I, I was worried about that on Journey Across Japan, the last series, because we had a team of like an odd number and some of us had to right. have like our own room and uh with one person in it, or whatever. But I think I didn't care, I think I just went ahead with it. But mm. um Yeah. I think it'll I mean, be alright. Seems- they're not going to I throw mean, you out, are they? What are they? Yeah, Probably.
3: I mean, presumably you're just renting the space. Surely the ideal situation for a hotelier or a Rio Cana, um would be to have a single occupant because you, you get the same amount of money and you have to do half the work, no?
2: <laughs> Slacking off again. I think it's more <laughs> the breakfast-dinner side of things. Your dinner, you have a set meal... With a minimum mm. of two people or something like that. So that's the only thing I'd say. If you book a room and it says two people and you've got like breakfast and dinner included, definitely let them know in advance that there's only one of mm. you. Otherwise, they will kill you because they don't like wasting food. <laughs> uh, and that would, you know, that I, I went to, um, I did a shoot recently in Akita. It was myself, Sharla, and Paul, the cameraman. And Sharla didn't want to go to breakfast because she had to do makeup and stuff. And she mm. didn't really want breakfast anyway. But you have to, like, have the breakfast. You have to. <laughs> and I had to eat her entire breakfast, even though I didn't really like it because I didn't want to I didn't want to waste it and I didn't want to, like, uh, cause a, a ruckus, a fracas. I fr- <laughs> that word, fracas. Do you remember when <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson punched his producer in the face and it was like, there's been a fracas. A there's fracas. Been a fracas. No, it was no, like no, that. I had, yeah. I had to eat the breakfast. Where's Jeremy? He's in it. Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, just don't worry about it, Jenny. Book away, but do let them know in advance if there's meals involved. I've uh, got one last right. question from Lisa who says, "Hello, definitely not doctors. Pete and Chris, my family and I are heading to Japan this July after our last trip uh last year got cancelled at the last minute for insurance reasons. Oh, I'm so excited to visit oh. Japan again after an amazing <laughs> trip. My question is for you uh, for you is how much are masks currently worn in Japan? Many thanks, Lisa. Ain't no masks really happening now. I think I was on a flight the other day and I think like 5% of the flight <laughs> tossing that figure out there. 5% of the flight put a mask on. It's essentially no one. Um but people like to wear them in Japan in winter cuz it keeps your face warm. So, yeah, but they've they've gone. And I'm all the happier for <laughs> right it. Out of there. Honestly, it was a nightmare trying to film with a mask on. So, I'm happy about that. But if yeah. you really want to wear one, do wear one. Of course, Japan, one of the few countries in the world where no one cares if you do, and no one will berate you for wearing one, which is good, I think, if you are sick. cool Keep the stories, Ooh. questions, comments, coming into Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com or comment down below on the YouTube. We'll see you later in the week, guys, to over again, but for now, no matter where you might be, out in the big wide world, obviously have a great few days, we'll see you right back here to do all over again on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Bye for now. <laughs> Hello, goodbye.